With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Phillips Levin of the 1012 Podcast here. If you've been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I. Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I am your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us today. We have a fun hoops centric episode with our dear friend Levi Stevenson from Wide Right Natty Light joining the show. We're going to talk a little Iowa State hoops. We're going to talk a bit about whether college basketball is really in trouble from what the G League is doing and these recruits running off to it. Uh, and then some random conversation to wrap things up. A little music talk going. Why? Because when Levi gets on, it's a hard, a hard time uh, ending the conversation. And so we just kind of kept recording for a little while. Obviously, some big news in sports right now. Big, 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 big. Name, image, and likeness. Players are going to be able to profit off of theirs finally. Like it's going to happen. Obviously, there's a ton to figure out. The NCAA is going to put up whatever their guardrails are. I think we're all going to get tired of the word guardrails. It's nice. It's nice. We're guardrails, guardrails. Um, who knows what that's going to be? This isn't going to be perfect, but we are going to get players who are able to profit off their name, image, and likeness. Um, I think it's going to be fun. I'm very excited for it. I'm excited for players. Obviously, college football, if it's going to come back or not, discussion right now is what happens if some schools are ready to go and some aren't, which is a really weird concept. Could you imagine the Big 12 with eight? of the teams playing like let's say that the state of of kansas is like now nah, we're, we're no you're not we're not doing that we're not ready you can't do it uh no no students back we're just not gonna have kansas and kansas state how do we handle a conference schedule what do we just take extra bye weeks i don't know it is almost may it the state of things are nowhere near what they were a month ago like things change so much drastically it's fun to talk about it's fun to think about but i i to have an opinion 
on 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 the current state of affairs right now is somewhat silly because the facts are going to change tomorrow and a week from now. So it's all interesting. It's all uh, fun stuff to read about. Uh, there's great resources all over the place that have it. Uh, so wherever you like it, I like the athletic. I love the writers there. They do a really good job. So just man, man, it's so much. It's so much for for not having any sports, actual sports to watch. Although the draft was fun. Um, and if you haven't checked out our draft review. Uh, from Monday, go do so. Great, great episode. Chase Kitty was fantastic. Um, Keegan Renault was great. Talked a lot about Jalen Hurts. Talked a lot of TCU. Really enjoyed Keegan's story about how he got into a Twitter feud with Mark Stoops' wife. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and do so. Uh, whether you're a first-time listener, a long-time listener, uh, if you have not taken the time to leave us a review yet, please do so. Five stars. We would really, really appreciate it. Uh, leave a review as well if you would like. I'll read it on air if you do. Or if you just want to DM us uh, on 1012 Twitter account at 1012 Podcast, T E N the number 12, the word podcast. Guess what? We're also on Instagram now. So that's T E N the number 12 P O D, 1012 Pod on Instagram. Uh, we will have some exclusive content on there. I don't have any exclusive content on there at the moment, but we will. We will do some things just for our Instagram account, just for fun so go give that a follow make sure and check out the land grant gauntlet our mothership uh content going up there uh fairly regularly including from yours truly uh, and uh well, this is a little bit of a long one so i'm gonna go ahead and wrap up this intro and say let's get to it of course we're talking to hoops Today, we're kicking things off with Iowa State, my good friend Levi Stevenson from Wide Right Natty Light joining the show. And Levi, before we hop into Iowa State specifically, I think there's a, a, a topic of discussion that is current uh, and that both you and I agree on, which, you know, doesn't mean a whole lot. But it's the idea that, uh, especially with, um, and I forget the kid's name, I'm not that into with things, but the, the, the top-ranked point guard recruit for 2020 who has decided that he is declared, uh, decommitted from UCLA, is going to go join this G League thing um, with with a couple other highly, highly uh, sought-after prospects, uh, is going to, is the doom and gloom of college basketball. Uh, this is going to ruin college basketball. Uh, the, this, this G League thing is, is it. College basketball is dead. I think this is such a massive and stupid overreaction to three players. Um, I understand that more might go. But man, I just, this is such a, it's such an overreaction. And I think people who say that are the ones who kind of want to see college basketball die. I don't, I don't disagree with you. And I think, I think the people that are mainly saying that are the people that are super, super NBA heavy, but that's what they primarily watch. Um, I know we've got a couple guys on my staff that are really, really big NBA guys. They watch Iowa State college basketball, but they don't really watch, um, the only other college basketball they do watch is if there's like a big NBA prospect playing for them. Like last year, they might have watched Anthony Edwards at Georgia or something like that, even though Georgia was bad. Um, you know, it, it's mostly those kind of guys that are that are that are saying that type of stuff. I think the there's a couple of things you got to remember about college basketball. One, this isn't new. You know, people being able to leave out of high school and go pro right out of high school—it's not new. I mean, you know, no. we, you know. Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, Jermaine O'Neal, LeBron James. Like you have all of these great, great um, talents that just, they didn't go to college and did college basketball suffer because LeBron James wasn't in college? Nope. Nope. Did did it, did it suffer because Kobe Bryant didn't go? Nope. 
it was still good. It's still college basketball because the thing you have to remember about college basketball is that it's not a the NBA is a player driven league. College basketball is a brand-driven league. It's it's yep. the Dukes and Kentuckys and Kansases, um, but it's also March Madness. It's 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 so much more about the name on the front of the jersey than it is on the back, and it always mm-hmm. will be. The draw of Kentucky as a program will always, always overshadow anybody that plays it. And you can tell because Anthony Davis, you know, one of the best college basketball players ever, um, played for Kentucky, and we think of, you know, he's Anthony Davis, but he doesn't overshadow Kentucky. Kentucky's still Kentucky. It's yep. not just he like didn't, okay. he didn't leave and the program became lesser because of it. Right. It's still Kentucky. It's and, still a, a brand. And and he's also another interesting case for this too, is that, you know, that, you know, cause we've seen like the last few years, the, the you know, you get the, the high powered freshmen that come in and they take their teams, you know, in the tournament and they might win a few games or something like that, like the Dukes and whatever else. But you know, who actually wins the tournament? The teams that's got juniors and seniors, like yep. Wisconsin, yep. To Wisconsin took out that Kentucky, you know, or not that Kentucky team, but a different Kentucky team, or they took out the um, Duke team, um, you know, was or they played Kentucky close. They took out um, uh, the Wisconsin team with Frank Kaminsky and, and Sam Decker. They beat Ken- so they beat Kentucky because that was their big game, and they lost to Duke in the national championship. Yes, game. that's what but it that was. That was yeah. because that Kentucky game was the game because they'd lost to Kentucky the year before. That right. was their. That was their championship game, but yes, right. yeah, that 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 sticks with your point. Yeah, right, yeah, and, and you know, but and like like Butler making a couple national championship games in a row. You know, the well, the, the North Carolina team a few years ago, yeah, uh, seventeen. Yeah. Like we think like, of North we Carolina. think of North Carolina as a one and done school, but they're they're really not actually one and no, no. North Carolina hangs on to their guys. They get highly talented, they get highly recruited guys, and then they hang on to them. That um, team was loaded with seniors. That most of that class yeah. that was a team that the year before. Uh, lost to Villanova in the next championship game. And most of that team came back for another shot at it. Uh, those Villanova teams, right. there's some really weird stuff about how, how players worked out for Jay Wright on those Villanova teams to have these juniors and seniors on both of them that really probably shouldn't even been there, but they had juniors and seniors. When you talk about, yeah. this is my, always my thing with trying to Virginia. pick upsets in the first round. Uh, do you want to know how to pick an upset in the first round? When you want to pick a lower seed over an upper seed, look for the the mid major teams that are loaded with juniors and seniors. They could have a star yeah. young guy, but they're loaded with juniors and seniors. They are not as flustered when when things get tough. Right. It's it's it, it. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Well, look at it this way. The other thing is, and they're always talking about this G League. Like, oh, two things. Um, I lived in when I lived in Tulsa. There was the the G League team, which was D League back then, which was the Tulsa 66ers, which was affiliated with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, I went to quite a few games. That arena was nowhere near half capacity, right. like not. Um, I understand that these are going to be recruits that are very exciting and hardcore basketball people are going to be very excited to watch them. John Q. I will never, I, I doubt I will ever watch a game. Yeah. Will I see highlights? Sure. They're on the ESPN. I won't seek them out. If I see them on Twitter, I'll watch. But like, sure. sure. I, like, I, I, if if this kid ends up on the Sioux Falls Sky Force, will I go out and will I go seek out highlights of him on the on Sioux Falls? Not a damn chance. Now, well, now here's the thing. The one thing they are doing is that's what I think people, some people might misconstrue how this is working. They are putting a team together in LA specifically for these kids so that they will all play together. They're not going to be scattered across the. Oh, league. okay. Well, that's... they're putting one kind of high power team, and they'll play some G League teams, and they'll play some some Euro teams, and some other teams to try and get some competition. And but. I still don't care. Yeah. And, and that's going to be the problem for people is is these kids is let's all just understand this. Zion Williamson was Zion Williamson because he was at Duke last year. 
and to and he even said he liked you, playing at Duke, right? Like he, like, and and like, he actually he talked about I have, I've heard multiple. He actually say, talked about coming back, coming back, and Coach K was like, "No, go to the NBA." He told him <laughs> yeah, to leave, right? right? Go to the NBA. You need to go. But his brand, he would not. I don't think he's the number one pick if he doesn't play for Duke. No, he's not. Because well, you got to remember how he came to the G League. You got to remember yeah. how Zion Williamson came about too, because he he started he blew up on YouTube. He, yes, he yes. Justin Bieber did. He came he became big on YouTube and then showed up to the national stage and became even bigger you know yes. so we we knew that he was a highly rated prospect we knew his youtube highlights were awesome but zion didn't become zion until he until he started doing the same stuff at duke yep if he had gone someplace else you know if he had gone to the to this g league thing it's yeah. the same problem for these kids that doesn't mean you won't get drafted um these kids who are going overseas to play they're getting drafted in, in, yeah. in later rounds and they're getting drafted that's fine but they also have no brand right and it's I impossible to build a brand side, in Australia. You just can't. Unless oh. unless you are LaMelo Ball and you have a, another thing. Well, even then, people kind of, like, you kind of know him of him, but it's nowhere near the Zion Williamson brand. He like, can, but you got to remember, but even, like, uh, you know, as the ball as the ball family stuff has kind of faded off in the last few years or whatever, LaMelo's, like, LaMelo was, like, big, 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 big a few years ago. Yes. And then as he's been overseas and as the, as the ball family has kind of settled down a little bit, or whatever, you know, his brand has faded off now. I mean, now people are finding him because he's, he's a draft prospect this year. So people now they're, he's getting, you know, more hype now, but his brand has faded off. So I, I'm fine with kids. They can do whatever decision they want to do. But the idea that this is the end of basketball is stupid. I mean, it just is. Um, College basketball is better when it has good teams that are full of juniors and seniors. It just is. The freshman, when's, how many national championships does Kentucky have with the way that they, they handle things? One. The only, and the one that they have is because it was loaded. It was just, it's a total anomaly where they had Anthony Davis and they had uh, like Michael five, Kidd Gilchrist. Like, they had seven They had seven players that declared for the draft that year. But even something then, like, the, something there was like crazy. four, there was like three or four that went in the lottery. Like it was just that like, loaded. Yeah, yeah. But basically the entire team. And they're all stars NBA. in the yeah. NBA now. They're like, all good. They're yeah. actually all worked out. It's Not like, like guys who are, you know get in the lottery right. and then we don't hear about them right. for the next five years like right. legit in they're, le- they're no, legit legit players and so that's like a, that's an anomaly that's a that's a that's different than everything else that goes on in college basketball generally yeah. speaking these freshman heavy teams don't generally win the national championship the virginias and the texas techs you know they you know they they tend to do well because they they're loaded with high with veteran players especially with guys coming off the bench where yeah. you get you got to have you know when you're just freshman like I get it but like you, I, it, it, that's the point and I think college basketball will be fine it, is it now one thing one thing it, that the NCAA can do to help themselves too is they need to stop letting the NBA treat them like a farm system because that's the way it, that's the way it's working right now the NBA the NBA instituted that 19 year old rule so that the NBA so that they could get a bunch of free marketing for their players for a year from the NCAA yes they need to they need to the problem NBA guys hate this. Hate when these kids go overseas. They, I, I just, I, they, it's so weird that the NFL and college football have this really mutually beneficial relationship. Yeah, and the NBA and college basketball, like, hate like are are just polar opposite, just completely. Yeah, they're 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 working against each other. They're and, it's mutually assured destruction. And it's it's like, and it doesn't make any sense. Like you, if you're the NBA, you're these GMs and these coaches. Like you want to be able to have good evaluation of these players before you draft them, because if like if you're the, anymore, the way to win in the NBA is to 
to bomb. So you get high draft picks. Well, if you use your high draft pick on a kid that you don't have enough evaluation, you're taking a chance on, and it doesn't work out. Yeah. All that was for nothing. All that losing, and now you're still losing, and the plan's gone. It just you would think the NBA would be smarter about it, but the great well, and the great thing about the symbiotic relationship between the NFL and it's in college football is that the NFL does get three at least three years of free branding for their future stars. Yep. But three years is long enough where college football and schools and whoever else can they can take advantage of of that of the of that time where like college basketball like great we had Zion but we had Zion for a year now he's gone now you have this vacuum or whatever but college football similarly is also driven by brands but the, but the stars the future stars of the NFL we get to see them for a few years it's not it's not just a flash in the pan and then they're gone and then you have to find somebody else. You know, like when Lamar Jackson won his won his Heisman, or when Johnny Manziel, we still got them for year for a couple of years after that. Yep. You know, we got we got to see Lamar Jackson in college for a long time, and and, the, and college football got to market that, and, it, and it's a mutually beneficial relationship there. And even you know, you still look at college football, and the really successful teams are generally not led by freshmen. Even in college football, they have freshmen they have freshman standouts, but they're not led by freshmen. No. Um, and college basketball is the same way, and like, and and both of them are better when you have veteran heavy teams um, at the top. They just are, and it's more competitive. There's better storylines you get to hang on. Like a guy like Malcolm Brogdon at Virginia, um, mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. stuck around all four years, and he became you know among the among the basketball people that follow college basketball. Everybody knew who Malcolm Brogdon was because he stuck around. He wasn't an NBA player for his first three years. Then you know, then he had his then. You know, his, his junior and senior, well, at, at least his first two years. Then his juniors and junior and senior years came around. Virginia was really good. Malcolm Brogdon was very good. But he wouldn't he wouldn't have gotten to do that if he just left after one or two years. But then he became and he's fleshed out a decent NBA career for himself. Well, he got to, he had to play. Like, if you yeah. go early yeah. and you're not good enough to get on the court, right. like, how is that helping you? Like, it, like, I think there's still benefit to going to the pros and practicing against those kinds of players, but – you're not going to play as much unless you're just a bad team that wants to play all their rookies and they get rid of all the vets. Like, yeah. I, I think you, you have to go one or the other. You can't keep doing this one year thing. You either have to say, let them go right away. Or you got to do what college football does and say, you're sticking, if you're, you're sticking around, well, actually not if you're going to come, if you're going to do anything, basically you're sticking, you know, you can go overseas if you want, but now I guess part of it too is basketball is a little different because you have an overseas option you have a minor league option where football doesn't have that. So college football is literally your only route into the NFL short of a, yes. just a random tryout, but, uh, well, so so what, you're, what you're proposing is the college baseball method, which is you either go straight out of high school or you are there for three years. That's Actually, college what I'm proposing is the college hockey rules. So the way college yeah. hockey rules work, you can be drafted right out of high school. You can be drafted. You can be drafted at any point you enter the draft. A team can take you and you can choose to go right away or you can choose to come back. And if you come back, you can you can play another season, and then you go to the NHL, and or, still go to the team that drafted you. Yep, and you still go to the team that so the team that drafted you still has the the rights. See, you would think that would be mutually beneficial to both the NBA and to college basketball. Now, I get yep. the idea that some of the times with the NBA, they want to they don't once they've decided they want this player, they want to get this player in their system and get them learning. They don't want to. They don't. Well, it's because the NBA has the NBA has no patience at all for people that are like no. that that are more than twenty two years old like if, if you're more than 20 your your value as a player starts going down once you're 20 which or as a prospect i should say as a prospect it starts okay, going as a down. prospect i was like not as a player that's not, not as a player, player not as a player as a prospect your value starts going down and it's evidenced by it's evidenced all the time 
Um, a guy like Georgia Yang or Monte Morris or DeAndre Kane, you know, these are all out of state examples. DeAndre Kane, I don't know if you remember him when he played, he was a badass. Like there was, he was a man amongst boys um, that year when, you know, in his head to heads with Marcus Smart and stuff like that. But who went at the top of the draft? Marcus Smart, because he was 19, not DeAndre Kane, who played, you know, basically owned Marcus Smart for two games and played really well, hit a big shot in the NCAA tournament, did everything that you could ever ask for from a point guard and potentially a pro prospect because he was such a strong guy, but he was 24 years old. So that's already a no-go for the NBA. Never got a shot. Uh-huh. Marcus Smart's done all right for himself. Yeah, no, I'm not saying – I'm certainly not saying Marcus <laughs> Smart isn't a good player now in the NBA. But like, but that's what I'm saying, though, is that, is that in college, DeAndre Kane was a better player. Marcus Smart was five years younger. And he's got in the NBA, he's had coaching longer, you know, he's, and he's fleshed himself out a nice career and will probably continue to play for quite a while. Um, so, so that feels like a good transition to talk Iowa State. Cause there's, I don't want to. Point. You, you have to. That's why, that's why I brought you here. Because uh, uh, Iowa State is one of two Big 12 programs who have really been hit hard by the transfer portal. I guess we'll, we'll just call it the transfer portal, by, by transfers. Now, I, I, going down this list, and you kind of, and I have, have kind of done this ourselves, there's five, five transfers. Three of them are freshmen, one's a sophomore, and, and, and one is a junior. And I don't want to sit here and, and, and begr- or, or, or like badmouth these guys, like, oh, well, they're leaving because they're not any good. That said, most of the ones who are leaving have not, are not big impact guys, are not guys who um, played a lot of minutes, saw a lot of production. Um, you have two of them who were freshmen who never, I don't think they played like at all. They didn't play. Uh, Luke no. Anderson. And, they didn't even make it to preseason. So, I, I, on the one hand, you have five transfers, which hurts because it's three freshmen. That that means you've got to reset down the line. That's you're going to have a year where you don't have any juniors, you don't have any seniors, um, but still five transfers. That's not a thing you want to see when you're Steve Fromm and you're coming off of a really really rough season. Um, obviously, yeah. you've also lost Tyrese Halliburton. He's he's gone, and and as he should be, he's going to go to the NBA, and I think he's going to be a lottery pick. And I I'm a big Tyrese. He'll be a high lottery fan. pick. I'm I would a big Tyrese Halliburton fan. I would guess he'll probably be a top five pick. His he's he every every draft I've ever seen has put him in the top five, okay. and the, I mean he's a six five point guard that has unbelievable vision. He's a team first guy. You don't need to have he doesn't need to have the ball in his hands. In a league filled with alphas, he is the most perfect role player you've ever seen. He's the most perfect second fiddle that has come out of the draft in a long time. And See, that's awesome. he's a, he's a super he's a super role player. He's a he is everything you could possibly want. Like he, like if he went to Phoenix and played alongside um, Devin Booker and, and DeAndre Aiden, he'd be filth. Give me all of that. That'd be, fun. That'd be yes. fun. So, so obviously Iowa State rough year. Steve Prom. I don't want to know that he's on. Do we say hot seat? Is that oh, fair? oh yeah, is dude? He seat? is okay. His seat is firm on fire. <laughs> he is he is man on fire running down the street at this point. Yeah. Uh, so you look at Iowa State and and you look at the recruiting class. That's really what I want to focus on today, which is just transfers and recruiting. Um, the recruiting class not 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 bad, not bad at all. Yeah, I mean, all ranked, things it's a pretty good recruiting class. Ranked twenty fifth nationally, yeah. uh, sixth in the Big Twelve. You've got a nice four star center in Xavier Foster coming in. Uh, some some nice three stars: Dudley Blackwell, uh, Darlington Dubar. And Jaden Walker, and then you're getting, and this is the guy I really want to talk about, is former four-star uh, point guard Tyler Harris, who is transferring in 
from Memphis. And I'll let you kind of talk about him. But the interesting thing with him, obviously, is the fact that Iowa State recruited him out of high school before he went and joined the Tigers. Yeah, he was uh, – Iowa State really recruited him really heavily. He's a really nice player. Um, he's quick. He's got a good shot. Um, but unfortunately – well, I shouldn't say unfortunately. However you want to describe it, Iowa State lost out on Tyler Harris because Tyrese Halliburton committed before him and he didn't feel like competing for playing time, which with who turned out to be a pretty good player. Um, yeah, just a little <laughs> bit. Um, so, you know, it, it, it within that tiny little bubble, they, I would say it sort of got to kind of have their kick and eat it too a little bit because you got the guy that you wanted to get but didn't get the first time around. And now you get him when you really, really need him. Um, he's a good distributor. He's got a nice shot. I think he'll do well in, in Steve Frome's offense. Um, the the interesting thing is that the players coming in finally actually fit his system really well. Um, there's some good shooters. Um, especially like Xavier Foster is a true blue stretch five kind of guy. He, he can he can protect the rim on defense, but on offense he's definitely a stretch kind of guy. He'll you'll see him in pick and pops and stuff like that all the time. He's and he's every bit of seven foot. He's got a good stroke. Um, he, he's they're both him. Uh, Tyler Harris, you know, you, you, Trey Jackson, I think is going to take a big step up next year. You've got lots of guys now that finally fit Steve from system. Cause um, one thing he had has, has had a bad habit of so far is he has not really tailored his system to fit his personnel very well um, throughout his career or through his tenure at Iowa state. And I think he's getting, you know, like last year's personnel did not match his system at all. They created tons and tons and tons of open three point attempts. Nobody could hit him. So it was, it was worthless. Um, now you've got guys that can, that can hit threes and you've got, you've got a few outside shooters. You've got a good distributor in Tyler Harris and Jane Walker coming in. I think he's going to be battling for some playing time. He's a nice player. Um, you know, but you got some, you got Rashir Bolton in there someplace too. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting class. There's some nice talent in there. Do I, I, I my, my main question is, are, is this young team that's, got lots of good raw talent is the young team going to come around quick enough to help the team and win enough to keep Steve Prom around. Yeah. That's, so obviously as you mentioned, okay. Yeah. Uh, Rasir Bolton will come back. Solomon Young will be back. Um, those are two guys that uh, second and third leading scorers for the team. Um, I mean, looking at the Iowa state team and looking what they, they did this year, obviously very disappointing. Part of that, it, it, let's be honest when Tyrese Halliburton went down, I know things weren't going well to begin with, but that was pretty much. Oh, that was the nail in the coffin. That was that, it. That was the nail in the coffin. Um, so looking at the looking at what is coming back, looking at what's coming in, what do you what do you think of this team? What do you think the expectations would be? And I guess the other question would be what what does this team have to do for prom to keep his job heading into the following season? Um. He had a couple of questions there. Uh, so let's let's, um, let's rephrase it. What does he need this team to do to save his job? And do you think they can do it? So I, you know, do they need to make the NCAA tournament? I don't know. Maybe. Um, I would lean towards no. But there's a big difference between what they looked like last year not making the tournament and what they looked like a few years ago not making the tournament when they had Cam Lard Lindell, where they were still playing hard. There were some games where they were just outmatched, um, but they were playing hard. You had a couple, you had some nice promising freshmen and they won some games. You know, they played, they played a lot of people close. 
um and they were they were trying hard kind of like um oh well it would have been the Celtics it was it right when Brad Stevens started right before he there where they were just that was when they were stockpiling draft picks they weren't very good but they played hard um and you could tell there was you could tell that they were they were going to take some step forward here some steps mm-hmm. forward here mm-hmm. pretty quick mm-hmm. um if it's a situation like that where they're just you know it, it's a young team but you can they're making strides um they're knocking down shots you can see that there's a direction going forward maybe you can justify not making the tournament um, as long as there's a clear path going forward and there's a direction, there's steady improvement throughout the season. Uh, um, the problem, what was so discouraging last season is because there were these games, they just got blown out. Like they just weren't even close. They, you could tell the team was frustrated. You had some, I think you had some bad personalities in there. Um, guys, I mean, I hate saying this because they're college basketball players. They care about their team. But I genuinely think I don't, I don't, I think the level of interest and level of investment into the team towards the last few weeks of the season, especially, I think was very, very, very low outside of a few players. And I know that there was chemistry issues on the team. Um, Some of those guys have left. Um, A lot of them have left. Um, But we've got to see, you've got to see improvement. You have to, even if they're not a great team because they are so young, Um, the talent, the talent is young. Um, if they can kind of get it together and, and look like they did a couple of years ago, even if they don't make the tournament where they're showing improvement, they look like they're okay. They're a, little, they're a year away from being genuinely back to being competitive near the middle slash top of the conference. Then you feel fine about it. But yeah, I think you want to see a, you can't lose games like Florida and M. <laughs> no. Well, and that, um, and that's a big problem too, is that, that, that a lot, I don't think a lot of people outside of the Iowa state sphere may not have noticed as much because the attendance was still pretty good. The Hilton Coliseum was not Hilton Coliseum last year. No, 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 no. It was not. It you, wasn't. You watched those games. It it was not. And I was shocked. There was people there, State, but it wasn't loud. Um, well, in Oklahoma State and Iowa State played in the first in the only game of the Big 12 tournament that happened. There was nothing in Kansas there. City. And generally, the Big 12 tournament is is Hilton South. It's a home, it's an Iowa State it's home games for Iowa State. And it, it, it was not. No, it, it wasn't, wasn't it wasn't at all. Even when, when Iowa State was playing well and it had a lead, it was like, okay. Um, everybody, everybody treated like they were delaying the inevitable. Like, right. they just, like people just wanted to get the season over. It's like just lose and be done. We don't want to. I don't want to watch this anymore. And that is a that's that's an unusual tune for Iowa State basketball fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that honestly, the gravest sin of all so far, not just the frustrated teams and the losing, but once you start losing Hilton Coliseum, you start losing the crowd and you start you can't defend your home court especially that home court that is a that's a massive problem i mean there's a reason fran for when when hilton is going fran for ranks it fog allen field house is 1a arena in college basketball hilton coliseum is 1b there's a reason fran for puts it there because when it is real when the iowa state's good when hilton coliseum is at its peak it is an extraordinarily difficult place for people to come in and win and oh my goodness. the last yeah. the last few years it just hasn't been that difficult teams have come in and they just walked in and they punched Iowa state in the mouth and they didn't respond and losing that home court advantage is, is a, almost a greater sin than anything else that he's done so far. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's not a good thing when you lose the fans. I mean, it's the same thing. If not for the economic climate that we're all concerned about, 
it's the same thing I had for Texas. Like you saw Texas games at home at the end of the season. Oh like, my there's, gosh. Like there's nobody. Like when you're seeing, I think it was the game against TCU and you're like, I think there's more purple than orange and the empty seats are orange. And it's like, this is weird. Like how, how do they you, like some, I, and I know that. They showed some pictures. Just, it was like five minutes before half. And there was like, I mean, there literally might've been 200 people in the stands. Like and that's it. And that's being generous. Maybe. Like that's, like, that's yeah. honestly being generous. And it's just, you look at that kind of stuff. That's when guys get fired. Now, I think for Shaka, the season, they, they, they ended the year playing well, everything going on, his buyout's enormous. Some of us are smarter than Wake Forest than to pay a, a guy $15 million who's not very good to not coach your team anymore. Um, right. And I just, for Iowa State, like, I, and that's, that's really wanted to get you on. It's just this, the Iowa State to me is supposed to be, I, I view Iowa State has become a one of the best programs in, in the Big 12. So it's just weird to see them go through. Like, I thought they'd have a down year. But I thought that Halliburton was the guy. Like I thought, it, the, Halliburton was good enough to lead the team to having a a decent season. Um, and obviously, he got hurt. But even before he got hurt, like we said, like it was. I mean, they had some close games. It you was lost streaky. The close Auburn. Um, they beat one. Well, they beat they beat Alabama. They played Auburn. You know they they beat uh, they beat Seton Hall. They played them close uh, the first time, and, and they beat no, they beat them the second time. They played twice. They lost in the Bahamas and then they beat them at home the next week. That's right. That's right. Which is um, to have twice the same thing. Yeah, it was, uh, twice. It was actually two. If for, we had a game in between, but that was two consecutive games for Seton Hall. Um, that's weird. Yeah, that's really weird. But yeah, you know, they they played like early in the season. They played up to their kind. They played Michigan really close up earlier mm-hmm. in the season. We were like, all right, maybe this won't be that bad. Like, you know, when they when they, when you played Michigan, then they then Michigan shot up to like number three or number two or something like that, and then all of a sudden they came crashing back down. But you know, they played Michigan really close early in the season. They beat Alabama. They played you know they they played Seton Hall close, then beat Seton Hall. We're like not bad or whatever but when you're when you're losing to florida a&m at home yeah it's not that's ideal. that's un, that's unforgivable like that's the kind of thing you look at and go that's uh, losses happen um especially like those first few games of the season you'll see some upsets here and there like you might see some, like look, look, look what duke having a duke but florida a&m um right before big 12 play yep. it's not not ideal not um and that's that's a huge problem is that, is that in it, we've seen it over the last few years of proms tenure too is that they just have not been able to protect home court they just they just can't um and that was like one thing that fred's teams um even if they didn't top out as high as steve from seems like the first couple of steve from teams where they where they went to sweet 16s and stuff like that because it's a they had a lot of nba talent on those teams um mm. even they did not protect home court like fred like fred's teams protected home court they did not lose at home like, oh, even mediocre, like even when they weren't great, like it was next to impossible to beat Iowa State. Yep, yep. Even like yeah, like look, even like Royce White's year or the, or the year after that where they will Clyburn and Corey Lee, stuff like that. Like even that year, they you Iowa State didn't lose at home. They just didn't. They, there was better teams that came in. They just didn't lose at home though. They just they didn't. Um, no. Like Kansas, I mean, I think we're we're they're still ahead now, but like. Up, up through like even a couple years ago, Iowa State and Kansas were basically 500 against each other for the last decade. Like, and actually at home, they Kansas almost never beat Iowa State at home, and we almost always beat them in the tournament. So like, there was a lot of years where we went two and one against Kansas, even with yeah. dramatically less talented teams, because those teams just showed up when they played. Um, the teams now don't do that. <laughs> they go up against someone with a pulse, and they kind of roll over. They get they play with them tough for a while, then they get punched in the mouth, and they go away. And that's <laughs> been really sad to watch yeah 
Well, uh, I don't know if I came up with an answer other than, did we get an answer to what does Steve Prom need to do? They need to not look like they're terrible. Like they That's need right. to, okay. They need to look remotely tired. competent. It's 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 un, it's unforgivable. It's Tuesday, and I'm like already zoning out, and needing a weekend. Granted, the problem is that it, weekends aren't really weekends anymore. Uh, I'm an essential employee, so I have not. I've, I go to work every day. So, oh no, I work eight to five. I just work from home. Uh, no, I go. I go to work every day. Well, I'm like, sorry. I have I'm an office and a site every day. I'm sorry. It's not fun. It is what it is. Levi, you as always are a pleasure. I uh, love to just talk college basketball. It's it's fun to just be like, I yeah. don't, I will, I, college basketball will always be fine. If for another reason, then brands will continue to survive. Yep. Um, and March Madness will always be the greatest sporting event of the year. Um, there's nothing like opening weekend. It's just it's fantastic. There's nothing. There's nothing like it. Nothing. There's one Maybe thing like it. Girlfriends. No, no, no. Girlfriends and and sisters and wives. And I don't mean it's just a shut like girls don't like sports. It's like one of, who don't give a crap want to fill out brackets. Right. Because yeah. it's fun to do. Then that's yeah, totally. that's what I mean. Like, I mean, people who don't care, men, same way. People who don't care about sports want to fill out brackets. Yeah. Yeah. It, from, from a universal like participation by people that don't care, there is yeah. nothing that he comes even remotely close to the NCAA tournament. Super Bowl is close just because it's such a big event and people want well, to yeah. like know what's I tell you on. what it's not as it's not as, as not anywhere near as universally popular but from a once you're watching it like holy shit this is awesome there are very few things that touch the Stanley Cup playoffs they're amazing I will say be, as a non-hockey fan the stand the the hockey NHL playoffs are I don't know they're not the best playoffs I think they are they're oh man of pro of professional playoffs, I can't think of one that's better. I think they're top two. I, I, I like the NFL better. I think I have NHL second and then the NBA because the NBA has too many games that don't matter. There's too many five game, seven yeah, game series no, that are yeah. done in five. The NBA playoffs but, take forever. Oh, they do. And, and even even when series you know or like you know what's going to happen, yeah. NHL has upsets, which you could say is frustrating because you want the top teams to play, but then they're, they're still good. Like it's. And it's a professional. The they still they have play. eight teams. Ugh. They still have eight teams from each conference. Like, if there's an upset, if a team goes all the way through, that's a good team. Like, it's not like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. It's I not know. like it's not like it's not like Loyola Chicago making it to the final four. We're <laughs> like, they're gonna lose. At <laughs> some point, they're gonna get smoked. I don't know when, but they're gonna. Like, it's gonna people, like an eight seed in the NHL. They're still a professional hockey team. Like, they're yeah, still yeah. they're still there for a reason. Yeah, but there's still the difference. I mean, yeah, no, I NHL. The NHL two. playoffs are like. Like like hockey in general. If you watch regular season hockey, it's still pretty. It's it's entertaining. It's right. Um, but yeah, it's all right for for non hockey fans. It's all right for hockey fans. NHL regular season is still very good. Um, yeah. but Stanley Cup playoff playoff hockey is a totally different. That's like it is sixty minutes of doing cocaine while you're riding a roller coaster. It's fantastic. I like that. Okay. <laughs> I we're gonna call this episode doing cocaine. There you go. But well, right. nobody can see, but I'm wearing my Marion Hosa Chicago Blackhawks jersey. Very nice. It's because I missed I missed the NHL. Even though Blackhawks kind of sucked this year, but they did just fire their president of operations, and I'm hoping they can stand Bowman here pretty quick. Okay, so this is a Big Twelve podcast, not a, not a hockey <laughs> podcast. Let's let's wrap this up. Uh, Levi, for everybody who wants to check out the work you do covering the Cyclones of Iowa State, uh, not the Blackhawks of Chicago, where can they do so? 
Well, most of my Iowa State stuff ends up at, on, on WideRightNattyLight.com or uh, at WideRTNattyLT on Twitter. Um, if you've, I, 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 once in a while, I'll post something Iowa State related on my personal Twitter, but mostly it's a bunch of nonsense. But if you like nonsense. No, mostly it's you getting into like political uh, feuds and fights with people. See what, see, but, but it's a different kind of political fight though, where I'm not like, I'm not actually really arguing a side necessarily. No, that's true. That's true. You I like, I like, I like picking points. apart arguments. I like playing the yes. devil's advocate on things. Like once in a while, like you'll post something or whatever. And I'll be like, Phil, survey's bullshit. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know, man. And I'll be like, it kind of is. Like the, what was that? What was that one? Um, was that one where they where they took a survey of people like putting pegs on a board? Like where is Iran? And there's a bunch of them in the ocean. And I was like, Phil, I get what they're trying to say, but man, this one's dumb. Like who did they survey? That was like, I think Iran's in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Like, I think I think the point. Like I, 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 yeah, I quit talking to you after a while after that one because I was like, I'm done. Like I get it. The point of the matter is, like people don't know where it is. Is the surveys like? perfect yeah. no does the do do you disagree that the <laughs> yeah. point is the point no okay I was, my favorite thing to do on twitter when in regard to like politics so i like throwing a wrench into it when like when there's like when there's just a stream of consciousness that's like everybody agreeing with each other i'm just like just throw some just throw a little grenade in there make that's everybody fine. move out of the well, way stream of no offense but when everyone agrees on something I get that way when things are more popular than I think they should be. And I'm much, I'm much more uh, tame about it than I used to be. Mm-hmm. But like when something's out, I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. I'm like, is it, is it, or, or do we all just want to think it is? Cause we all want to be cool group think. And it's kind yeah. of okay. Like the, the, the greatest example of my all, all time will always be the friggin' green day album that everyone thought was the greatest thing of all time. American Idiot. Yes, I hate that album. I think what? it was the most okay, overplayed, overplayed nonsense. Overplayed. Like, can I can you, see can overplayed. I hear an argument for overplayed, but the overall quality of that album is really good. I mean, like, fine, G, but when you when you play Suburbia, that Boulevard much, Broken Dreams, Holiday, uh, uh, American Idiot, like there was when you play it as much as they played it. You're also telling me like there's nothing else good available. This is the only thing. Sure, but the Beatles are overplayed, but nobody nobody discredits them for being overplayed. Yeah, they're not overplayed they're, anymore, they're, but like I was saying, they're... I mean, to me, to me, being overplayed is not a criteria for being bad. Like, it is a criteria for being overrated. Uh, no, it's but then not. you come to a realization that I don't listen to the radio anymore. I don't either. Um, so I don't I don't get sick of music anymore because I listen to music exactly as much as I want to. Correct, isn't it great? It's great. Um, so, but like that's what I'm saying. Though, is like being overplayed isn't it doesn't make it overrated. Um, because over when you're talking about something overrated, it's not actually as good as you think it is. And people play music off. Excuse me. That when radio stations are playing songs, they're not necessarily playing it because they're. Oops, God. Not playing no, it because no, they're you okay. I, yeah. I know. I have. I always get these. I always get like hiccups and weird bursts. Um, is that when they play See, songs? It's not. That, just, but... It's not because they're good. It's because they're popular, and popularity and quality are correlated. But they're not. But it's not. They are. They are. There's a reason that like the the, the good music generally floats to the top, not universally. And there are bad. There is bad music that floats to the top, and there's good music that gets left behind. There's but, a lot of as a general rule, to if it's and... as a general rule, if it's good music, it will find its way to lots of ears. 
generally speaking. And which I mean that's I mean that's why like the very subjective the bands and play Oh, well, music is the, very, yeah. Sorry, ob- but, objective conversations are lame because it's not even a conversation. You're just listing off facts. It's, <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Like what? It's not like what? I know. I'm kidding. Uh, okay. Well, so, sometimes it is. Yeah. Sometimes it's not. We've, I don't we've know. gone off. We've like, gone off the rails here. Uh, Levi, as always, it's a pleasure. This is. I'm, dude. There's nothing else to talk about. Well, let's talk time. music. I know, but I got. I'm supposed to have a second guest. Oh no, we're gonna have one guest. Like the Bee Gees, they're guys. good. There's a reason they've sold a the billion Bee Gees? albums. Yeah, the Bee Gees, the Bee Gees, the Beatles, Michael Jackson. Like, there's a reason Garth Brooks. There's a reason those people have sold hundreds of millions of albums. It's because they're good. Fair enough. Also, who doesn't <laughs> like the Bee Gees? Like, we're not gonna complain about the Bee Gees. I mean, I don't know. I'll be. I'll be the first to admit. Like, I don't know. Like, a deep catalog their songs like i don't know like a lot of no if you put them on the ones i do know yeah the ones i do the ones you do know they're good can we also here's a question um is it easy i think it's easier to separate uh good songs from bad ones and actually determine and and know for sure if you're a little inebriated like when you're drunk no one wants to listen to a bad song hmm does anybody because a you only you want to play songs people actually want to sing along to because it becomes a group thing in the bar is i think you're i think when you're in, when you're drunk i think the the definition of a good song changes that's that's fair that's fair when, okay. when you're drunk a good song is anything that's got a beat like just period okay or it's right. or it's either got to have a beat or it's got to be extraordinarily sing-alongable or whatever like one one or the one or the other awesome if it's both when you're not drunk you can listen to stuff that's not that doesn't have like an awesome beat or anything like that. Like you listen to a, you can listen to a folk song or something like that. Like when you're no, when you're not drunk, like nobody, like nobody listens to Jason Isbell when they're at a bar. Jason Isbell is a good, really good artist. You listen to him when you're sober and you're, well, even when you're drunk, but like when you're like drinking, sipping whiskey at your house drunk, not when you're at a bar and you're smoking and you're smashing beers. That's not listen to Jason Isbell. That doesn't make him not a good artist. It just makes it a different time to listen to his music. Okay. So, uh, we're gonna wrap on that. I think my wife's like, um, "Hello, you you said you had an, one interview." Uh, so uh, we're gonna wrap on this. this yeah, you didn't tell her who the interview was with, app. though. No, I know I didn't. I should have known better. Uh, Levi, she's gonna sign and put on your door and said, "I'm talking to Levi this time." <laughs> she's gonna be like, "Don't talk to him anymore." Uh, she, my wife's not gonna let us be friends anymore. Man. And you can go back to your closet, Mike, so she can't hear you anymore. Nah, sorry. <laughs> uh, this has been fun. I don't know how else to end this. We're just going to end it right here. And uh, remember to review and rate the show. And we'll see you all back here on Monday. Podcast Network.